edification, there's conviction, and there's encouragement for every soul to grow. <clears throat> that what you see is happening in the world. Um, we don't belong to the people who shrink back, but for the people who move forward. And I encourage every person here today <clears throat> to understand that we don't wage war in the flesh like the rest of the world. We wage war in the spirit. And I, and I pray that every person can operate in this place. The Bible says that the wisdom of this world is foolishness unto God. We don't fight like the rest of the world do, where we have to do something about it and we have to stand up for our rights. Everything is by the Spirit. And I, and I tell you this because God knows how to communicate with his people regarding what's happening in this world. It's happening all over the world. And we are not these people <clears throat> that begin to focus um, in this place where we pick up the frequency of fear and we begin to meditate and fix our eyes on things other than his word. We have to be so firm in how we operate in this way. One second, please. Okay. <clears throat> so I, I say this humbly um, before the body of Christ. Um, from the beginning of my journey, I've been oper operating in the prophetic in the prophetic uh, realm, in, in the gift of, the, of prophecy. And I say this humbly. This is the place where God's called me, and it's exciting. Um, to know what's happening in this world and how God's confirming things before it even happens. But I encourage you today um, to focus on his word, focus on his time. Don't try to pull things together in your own understanding. Because you can make assumptions and you can begin to assume of what's going to take place and what's going to happen. And very easily, discouragement can enter because it doesn't happen in the way that you thought it's going to happen. And also, you can begin to pick up the frequency of fear of what they're going to entice you to do, what the government is trying to do. And to be honest, I've never been a person that focuses in this area. If the Holy Spirit does reveal it, then we will do something about it in God's way. Amen been speaking to me for the last six months. I've been biting my tongue because there's so many things that I've spoken about that have happened. And you know what that says to me? It says to me, God is in control. God is in control. You need to know this. God is in control. The Bible says that he's never seen the righteous forsaken, nor their children begging for bread. We are the righteous of God in Christ Jesus. That's if we do it his way. When you operate in the realm of the flesh, the Spirit of God finds it hard to communicate with you and to speak with you. 
because he can't speak through the realm of the flesh. And so many people tell me, so many people challenged me, I should say, um, weeks ago, that, you know, if you do off operate in the prophetic realm, what is God doing? That to me is the flesh also. Because when God speaks, or he promised me to speak, I speak. If he doesn't show me anything, there's no need to speak. I'm not interested in my own opinion. And, and I wish not to do that by God's grace. My opinion doesn't matter. It's what God says will happen. So I take this gifting very serious. And I don't wish to add a letter or a word to what I see. Okay. So I'll share a few things that I saw. Two weeks ago, I got taken into a dream and I saw the army coming on the streets of Parramatta. And I saw challenging times ahead. The people weren't, rally, they weren't rally, rallying on the streets. They were in the houses, but the army was overseeing the, the area, or should I say the, the area of um, Parramatta, which is the Western Sydney. And God showed me what's to come. He showed me uh, dark times ahead. And we have to stand firm. So many people tell me, okay, so what's, what's the way out of this? The way out of this is to pray and fast. And um, Tony put a message about praying for the leaders, the nations, and our families. This should be in our spirits every day. But more than ever, the government and authorities, they need prayer. I'm not going to share what I saw regarding that. But I'll just re show, um, share with you what I saw regarding the army coming. Two weeks ago, I had that dream that the army is coming on the streets and, um, and they'll, be, they'll begin to control um, the, the area, not the police. So this is going to happen. And we are in challenging times. Yesterday, I had a, another dream. And I'll tell you the truth, like, they are coming by God's grace. And I'll share with you, so you don't be alarmed when they come. You can understand God is in control. And he is. He knows everything from the beginning to the end. And the reason why he shows us these things, so the body can have comfort, but also um, uh, the governments and authorities in God's time will know what God is asking them to do. So yesterday I had a dream that I was standing on the mountain. I was standing on a mountain higher than the area of Sydney. And when, when God shows me I'm standing on higher grounds, he's showing us that he won't affect us. We are the way of the spirit. We don't pick up the frequency of the flesh or the frequency of the enemy or the frequency of fear or the frequency of the wisdom of this world. God showed me we're on a high place of a mountain, showing us that we're standing in, in, in right standing with God. And I had a dream that Gladys, <clears throat> Gladys was making a, um, she was making a speech in that present time, like, not weeks, not weeks before or 
but in the coming days, it wasn't too far away. And she released a statement of um, um, state emergency, um, saying that the sickness and disease cannot be controlled and we are in a state of emergency now and the only way out of it is to get vaccinated. So what I saw in my dream that many people got vaccinated after she declared a state of emergency saying that the sickness is, an, is much more than getting transferred from a person. It was getting transferred in the air, in the atmosphere of the air. And I saw so many people running to get vaccinated, but I didn't see it becoming a law yet. I saw so many people going, but there were still a few people that didn't go. And she said, the only way out of it is to get vaccinated. So I don't want to spend too much time in this. Um, what I'm interested in is in the work of your heart with the Holy Spirit and be encouraged because God is, God is ahead of this. And I just want to encourage you. I felt led to not really preach um, my message today, but to encourage the body that you can sit there and pick up the frequency of fear, uh, pick, pick up the frequency of what the world is doing and what the news is saying. Um, don't operate in this place. You know, so many people will turn off, the use, turn off the news and do nothing with their time. Make your time now a priority and spend it with God. So if you really want to do it God's way, uh, you fast and pray. I've been preaching this for a very long time. You fast and pray. And you begin to wait on the Holy Spirit on what he's doing. And in the meantime, work on your spirit. Work on renewing your mind. Work on praying for your wife, praying for your husband, praying for your children. You know, start in this way of building uh, the Holy Spirit in your household. Okay. So don't be alarmed when she gets out and she declares this, um, a state emergency. It's the only emergency for the flesh, not for the spirit. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I feel for those people that don't have that relationship with the Lord and are not right standing in the Holy Spirit. That they are tossed emotionally, mentally, and are suffering alone. Um, I feel for these people. So I encourage every person um, to share the messages that we are preaching. Um, let's begin to give the world hope. This is not something new. What you're seeing now, it's happened in the Old Testament, it's happened in the New Testament, it's not something new to God. The way that we fight it is when we pray in the Spirit, we fast, we humble ourselves and allow our vessels to be used by God. In whichever way He doesn't, He doesn't. But let's just use our time to be valuable in the Lord. Amen. So I saw that the whole reason why she declared state of emergency was for people to get vaccinated. And I didn't see, I didn't see all the people going. And I hope that those people are the way of the spirit. We've got to stand firm 
our battle isn't against flesh and blood. It's against the dark spiritual force of this world. This is more spiritual than you can ever imagine. So when you understand it's spiritual, we fight in the spirit. We don't wage war like the world does. Amen. You know what's interesting? Um, I used to lock myself up before this pandemic in the room and spend time with my spend time with the Lord. <laughs> it's so important that you understand that it's not by might, it's not by strength, it's by his spirit. The only way you can be strengthened is by the Holy Spirit. And if you don't run to that secret place, like I preached many weeks ago, you will never be strengthened in the way that he promises you. In the, in the secret place, he quiets your soul. In the secret place, he gives you comfort. In the secret place, he works on your heart. In the secret place, he reveals his love to you. In the secret place, he teaches you his word. So I can't encourage you of how much to spend that time with the Lord because now it really counts. Now the false Christian is being exposed and the true Christian is being exposed. Yeah. So it's been a good time. I'm having a good time with the Lord and we can use this time though the world is trembling, confused and fearful. We have the best time with the Holy Spirit because St. Paul said, though I'm in chains, the Spirit of God is not chained and the gospel is not chained. So I encourage every person to get to know this Holy Spirit. I can assure you now, Many people are falling into sin in the body and are struggling with sin. Many people are in a place where fear, confusion, doubt is operating. Get to know your spirit. I'd like to share this openly with everyone. Someone said to me many years ago, I hate to be alone. And I said, why do you hate to be alone? She goes, because I get to hear what's really inside of me. And it's true. When you're alone, you get to hear what your spirit is telling you. So I encourage you, though there is trouble in the world and it's been unstable in every way, let's work in the place of our hearts. Amen. <coughs> So I am encouraged because the Lord has been communicating with me for the last six months, some powerful, powerful things that are going to come. And the enemy, you know, the enemy is at work. He's doing everything he can to sway the Christian. All these attacks, I really believe for myself, all these attacks are to destroy the spirit of God in man and to allow them to alter the word of God because of the situation that we're in. Does that make sense? <clears throat> so when, when, when things hit the roof and we think, okay, like, what do we do now? Uh, 
what do we do now? Like, we have to stand up for our rights. Can I read you some scripture? Okay. Let's have a look. It says in Romans chapter 12, verse 19, Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. Now, how many people trust what God says? How many people trust, really trust what he says? Let's have a look at some scriptures. I feel to encourage the body today because whatever's happening in the outside, it shouldn't affect us in, in, in our spiritual walk. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 6. So we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? See, when we have these precious promises in the Holy Spirit, we, we should not be afraid. Maybe in the beginning of my journey, if these things happened, I might be easily swayed. Why? Because I didn't build that foundation in the Spirit. I didn't build the foundation in the Word. But now that I'm eating the Word and I'm spending time with the Holy Spirit, whatever happens in the world, we are, we are of this world, but we're not of this world. Whatever happens, God's hand is on us. And I like to say this openly. It's probably basic things that you've heard, but I want you to delight in the Lord and to be strengthened in this time. <clears throat> uh, Psalms 55 verse 22, it says, Cast your burden on the Lord and he shall sustain you. He shall never permit the righteous to be moved. Read you some scripture. Let's go to Psalms 14.6. You evildoers frustrate the plans of the poor, meaning the oppressed, but the Lord is their refuge. The Lord will protect us when we do it his way. And it's the truth. He will protect us. I'll read you another scripture from Psalms 146, verse 5 to 7. Happy is he who has the God of Jacob for his help, whose hope is in the Lord his God, who made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them, who keeps truth forever, who executes justice for the oppressed, who gives food to the hungry, the Lord gives freedom to the prisoners. Amen. So whatever is happening, if there is something that you can take from this, don't be afraid. This time is so precious. You might not ever get it again. You may go back to your workplace. You may go back um, to that busy life. This is so valuable this time you have. Amen. You should, you should be so happy. And I'm not saying this to, to, to make you laugh. You should be so happy because you get the opportunity to hear the Holy Spirit. Thank God that he, he's quieted everything around you. You can, uh, you can worship the Lord freely now. You can spend all your time in the Holy Spirit and his word. I'll tell you the truth. It is the truth. 
And the best times are now. The best times are now. We're in a beautiful place to raise up our children with the word of God, to pray over them, to worship with them. We have all the time to build stability in our hearts, in our spouses, in our children, and our household. And this is the way I see it. Yeah. Whatever is happening in the outside world, this is the way that I see it. It's a beautiful time. Worship the Lord and seek him. But also pray that his will is done in each one of you. Amen. So I encourage every person uh, to, to take that step, that brave step. We don't, we don't belong to those people who shrink back. We don't belong to them. So if, there's a, if there is something that I'm most interested in now, is building your faith. You know something, <clears throat> you can pray for this government to get better, or you can pray for this COVID thing to end. But you know what I see to be greater? is that you work on your own spirit or that you work on your own heart. Because this thing can go away, you stay the same. You stay the same. This thing can leave and you stay the same. What's more important? That God builds maturity. God builds wisdom. You know, for me, <clears throat> how the Holy Spirit taught me you know, we we glory we 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 glory in God when we receive breakthroughs, right? How many people rejoice when they receive breakthroughs? How many people? For all the people that are watching on Zoom, how many people rejoice when they get what they wanted from God? Uh, you can write, or you don't have to write. How many people rejoice what they got when they prayed for something from God? whether it be physical, spiritual, uh, in any way, how many people rejoice? A lot of people. You know the way that the Holy Spirit taught me? I rejoice in the process. Because in the process, this is when I learned God's nature and God's character. In the process, this is what was blocking God from giving me what I wanted. And I always take notes of the process of how I become more like Christ. How I became more like Christ. I glory more in the process than the blessing. You know why? Because the blessing can leave, it can run out. But the process keeps on bringing God's provision, God's blessing, spiritually, mentally, physically. It's true. In the process, I glory the most. You know why? Because I learned. I learned what I had to change. I learned what I needed to mature from. I learned what I had to crucify. I learned the wrong mindset. I learned where the carnal nature was operating. I learned when I was governed emotionally or mentally and not by the spirit. So I glory more in the process. You know, in the Bible, 
God glories more in the process because he says when the process is fully reached, you will lack nothing anymore. Right? You will lack nothing anymore. You know what that means? You're full age, you're mature. So the process is so crucial. Because challenges can come, challenges can come, trials can come, difficult, can, difficult times can come. This is what happens. They can keep on coming until you learn the process. Why did God let them come? What in you did he expose from that trial or challenge or circumstance? And every circumstance that happens in the mind, in the physical, outside, through different situations and circumstances, you start to see God wants to build a place where you're learning the process. So for me, I glory more in the process than anything because I learn what God was after inside of my heart. I learn the fleshly character or the demonic character that was operating in me that was blocking me from receiving the blessings. The blessing is not the issue with God. The process is what he works on. Because in the process, you learn the way of the flesh, the way of the enemy, the way of an unbelieving heart. You only see these things when you go through the process. So every person here that is struggling mentally, physically, emotionally, are you learning the process? Are you learning why God is allowing them to come? He's interested in you growing. You were called not only to be saved, you were called to grow. And you heard me preaching this many times. And in this time now where everyone's locked down, in a time where everyone is challenged, many people are going through many processes that, that they think it's because of the trial, it's because of the challenge, or it's because of the circumstance. No, God wants to build. He wants to build you into Christ. So you know where I glory now? I don't glory in the blessings anymore because the blessing proves God's provision or prove God's love. The process proves my character, proves my maturity. It's true. It is so true. The blessings shows how good God is, but the process proves my character. And if you can endure your trials or your challenges and pass the test, you'll feel those things that have been there, they leave. They are not uh, overwhelming you anymore in the way that they did. So for the people here, <clears throat> understand what the Holy Spirit is working in your heart. Is it a mindset of the world? Is it an unbelieving evil heart that's always succumbing to what the world says? Are you being dominated and dictated by the world or the flesh? There are so many things. But for me, so many people ask me, 
if 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 the, if there was something that you rejoice in now, what what would it be for you? So many people ask me, when did you learn the most? You know, I learned the most when I went through the process. If there's anything I thank God for today, it's not the blessings. The blessings can allow you to forget forget God. The Bible says that. I rejoice so much in the process. You know why? The process is what allows me to be mature, to be led by the Spirit. <clears throat> so write down on a piece of paper, what are the things that keep on surfacing, whether it be emotional, whether it be mental, whether it be from circumstances or situations or challenges, and ask yourself, do these keep on surfacing without you seeing the root? without you seeing the deep-rooted thing that's allowing these things to expose, write it down. And you'll find yourself not going, uh, you know, around in circles every time. You'll find yourself maturing. You know, the, the reason for God disciplining you is for you to cooperate with his process. Why? To become a full mature man, to become a full mature woman so you can grow you're not getting tossed back and forth by the world anymore or by the wisdom of this world or the fleshly desires it's for you to be mature to be stable in god's word so i encourage every person here it's maybe something that you've heard um, a lot of times but for me this is what makes a believer or this is what breaks a believer so many people, when they go through the trials, they look at the trials, they look at the circumstance, they look at the difficult times. For me, I look at the heart and the process that God wants to take in my heart. So for the people here, that fear keeps on uh, expressing itself, it keeps on being revealed, there is something that God wants to do. If it's doubt, if it's confusion, if it's lack of faith, Whatever is surfacing in your heart, remember, God's allowing it to come. So when you go through the process, you can be mature, not lacking anything anymore. God knows what's in your spirit. And you can speak like you do have faith. And I'm not saying that you don't have faith. But when things are surfacing in your own spirit, that's where the Holy Spirit wants to work on you. Okay. So put it this way, the coronavirus or whatever it's called, it can go away. What have you achieved before this time? Pray for the governments, pray for the authorities, but greater work on your spirit. It's true. Work, build up your children, build up your spouses, bring the atmosphere of God's presence first in your heart, first with yourself, and then begin to welcome the Lord in your home. Begin to operate in this place. God wants to build. Before God brings stability in this world and through our nation, I really believe God wants to bring stability in your own heart and then your families. 
and what they said or what they quoted yesterday about praying for your families, um, the governments and your nations, it's true. But what's the point of it? They're, they're being order outside and there's no order in your own spirit. What's the point? You, do you have in order outside and the governments and sorrows in no order in your heart or your children or your family? Build it. Ask them. Are you okay? What are you going through? Be, be that person to encourage them. You know, I say this to my children and they're young and I, I'm surprised what they say to me. And I think to myself, a child, a child can't think like this, but, but they can. And the enemy, is the greatest task is to get them when they're young, is to, is, to, is to seduce them with lies when they're young. And, you know, I can see it from so far when the enemy is operating because it's out of a realm of fear, confusion, doubt, isolation. So begin to, I feel led to say this, uh, begin to talk to your children. Begin to ask them what they think about the Lord. Begin to ask them, um, let me teach you how to pray. Begin to offer them your help. You can come to me anytime when you need something. Be that person. I feel led to say that for the people who have family is here. Because believe me, I go out and we preach and we manifest to God's glory. The safest place where I want to see God working is in my family. Amen? The safest place, your, your house is a refuge for the Lord. The, the greatest fruits of you operating in the Lord is really your children. Your children are the inheritance of the Lord. And it's true. So for all the people that have children, I feel led to um, say this to you. <clears throat> I'll share one miracle. I'd like to have an open conversation with you. And then I'll share a bit of my teaching and we'll see how long you can go for. <laughs> um, while I was studying this week, um, I got led to call a lady. She didn't, I haven't spoken to her for, I'll say years, but I've seen her, but I never spoke to her in the Lord regarding what she's going through. And we used to walk together. God connected us together mightily. And through persecution and through things that she was going through, um, she stopped walking with me, unfortunately. <clears throat> so I got called, I got called to um, call her when I was studying. And this lady has been in and out of hospital saying that she has cancer in the lower area of her body and she's suffering and she's struggling. And she said to me that she's been enduring it. She's been suffering in this way. And she's isolated. She doesn't have anyone in the Lord who's praying for her or strengthening her. But the Holy Spirit told me to call her in that moment. <clears throat> and she's feeling so much pain in that area. 
And I said to the lady over the phone, would you like to be delivered? And she says, oh, you know, I thank God and he's um, protecting me. I said, oh, I'm sorry. Would you like to be delivered? I'm asking you if you want to be delivered from whatever you're going through in that lower area where they said that you have cancer there, would you like to be delivered? And she goes, you know, I know God can do it. And I said, I'm sorry, you're not understanding. Would you like to be delivered? And she said, uh, yeah, yeah, yes, yes, I would like to be delivered. So we started to pray. <clears throat> the Bible says when Jesus went from village to village, he went destroying the works of the devil. Do you know that? That all type of oppression, most of it, of oppression, bondage, infirmity, comes from the work of the devil, unfortunately. But it's true. Anyways, I started praying. I called him out of the area that he was working in. And it's like a knife pain entered where that sickness was when I called him out. And I commanded him to leave that moment. And a gush of hot oil came over that knife pain and she got released in that moment. This was two days ago. And, she, and all that pain of what she was feeling for months left in that moment. And there's nothing else to say. But the Bible says that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. And that's what it means, that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. When the Holy Spirit is present and you have a relationship with him, not to be used with the power or not to be used for the glory, but you worship God in the secret place, he'll reveal himself to you openly. And that's what it means when you worship God and you know God, your father, in the secret place, he will reveal and manifest himself through you openly. And I want to encourage you that for me, the greatest conviction is that when I read the word of God, I obey it and I see the manifestation of the power. Put it this way, you've surrendered your life to Christ. We are all on this journey to get to know the Lord. But the Bible says the one who is blessed, he obeys what he reads. And God will manifest himself openly through every person. It's true. I don't, I speak on my behalf. I don't want to read the word of God and not see the manifestation of the power. God is spirit. Those who worship him must worship him in the spirit and the truth. He operates in the spirit. And I want to encourage every person here, and especially for what God has given us, we are operating in whatever God has spoken in his word, we are going to operate in this way. And this is a process in itself, but you must be prepared. Now, I ask, I ask people every day when I speak to them, what do you want to see Jesus do through you? Ask yourself that question. Speak truthfully when you ask yourself that question. For some, they want the Lord as their healer. For some, they want their Lord as their provider. For some, they want their Lord as their protector. But for the true sons, 
we want God for his will. I want to do his will. The blessings come in the will. Deliverance comes in his will. Healing comes in his will. All you, everything that he promised you is supplied in his will. Are you doing his will? So when I sit down and I ask people this question, what do you want to see Jesus do for your life? Ask yourself. <laughs> it's true. You only become what you want from him. <sighs> so what do you want to see Jesus do for your life? You know, when I ask myself that, I went back to the word of God. Jesus, what do you want from me? Pick up your cross, follow me, deny yourself. Seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness, everything else will be added to you. It is your father's will to give you the Holy Spirit. So you know what I've done? I went after the Holy Spirit. You know what so many people do today? They go after the provision, the protection, the comfort, the need, the want. And then they say, after I have these, I will pursue the Holy Spirit. It's not done God's way. If God tells you to seek the kingdom and his righteousness, meaning the way that he operated and walked and he obeyed, then we must follow in the same way. Because believe me, imagine you going after something where you have no control in the flesh. I like to challenge every person here that's listening. Does God bless you first in the physical and then the spiritual? Or does he bless you first in the spiritual and then the physical? Think about this. I stop praying for the things of the physical because imagine if the physical blessings came, I can't hold it. I can't contain it because the flesh is not dead. The flesh is not dead. Imagine I enter into a blessing where God pours out his blessings upon me and I can't contain it. The blessings will end up destroying my journey with the Lord. So God blesses you spiritually first. He kills the things spiritually first. Then when the physical blessings come, therefore God's will, they're not on your own desires. James tells you, you pray and you don't receive because you pray amiss that you may spend your things on your own pleasures, your own desires. You see, he gives it away while you don't receive. Because in the spiritual first, God blesses you. What does he bless you in the spiritual first? It's not your life anymore, it's God. So everything that you receive is to give you enjoyment, is to bless you, but it's for God's will. So God blesses you spiritually first. And so many people focus on the physical benefits from God and they, and they choke. They, they, go, they go and last for a little while because they can't handle them in the physical realm. So I learned something. To go after God in the spiritual. You know why? God shows me the lack and the need and the fear and the unbelief first. So when his blessings does come upon me, whether it's spiritual or physical, they can be contained. Are, are we understanding? 
God blesses you first in the spiritual realm, that means that it's a good idea not to pray for anything, but for God to build you up. It's true. And put it this way, when I started to operate in the spiritual realm, everything just started to click together anyways. But I encourage you today, God blesses you in the spiritual dimension first. And in, this, and, and in the spiritual dimension, it's the spirit of God that searches the innermost being. You don't know how you ought to pray. I wonder why he said that. You don't know how you ought to pray. Why do you think he said that? Because in the beginning, there are so many things that you're attached to. There, there are so many things of the world that you've been feeding on from, from year to year. So when the Holy Spirit says you don't know how you ought to pray, the Spirit intercedes for you with utterless groans that no man can understand. I understand when he says this because he showed me that in the beginning, the flesh is weak, but the Spirit is willing. See, when you let the Holy Spirit steer, you won't operate and pray for the things in the carnal without first being blessed spiritually. Does that make sense? And it's not only for physical. Believe me, it's for trials and challenges as well. Imagine, imagine, and this is for every believer here. Imagine you, imagine you asking God, Lord, take these trials away from me. Take these challenges away from me. Take whatever I'm going through away from me. But those things are there to build your character and to expose what's really inside. Imagine you praying this way. See, the natural man, he prays like this. The spiritual man understands that everything that's come upon me, whether external or internal, it's there to expose and to build my character in Christ. And imagine in the beginning. In the beginning, I didn't see God like this. When I had any trials or challenges come my way, this is not from the Lord. This can't be what God has intended for me. A lot of things of the flesh were mistaken for the devil. A lot of things that were in my own spirit were mistaken for the devil. Sin, uh, the flesh, the lust, so many things that were mistaken for the devil. That was my own spirit. You're tempted when you're tempted by your own desires that wage war against you. So it's your own spirit. And it can be anything, to be honest. It can be a lack where you have the love of money. See, a lack can tell you that you, ha you have a love for money. Or it can tell you that you have a fear of a failure. See, this is how I start to see things. But I don't want to go too much into that today. But God blesses you spiritually first, then physical. So what are you meant to focus on? The spiritual side, praying in the spirit. Meditating on God's word regarding of what's in your own spirit. So the spiritual man is most important, the spiritual side, because the spiritual side deals with the physical first. It deals with the realm of unbelief or the realm of this world. And I really believe that so many believers, especially when they go through trials, Lord, take this cup away from me. It's so challenging. 
So when the Holy Spirit entered my household, he showed me things inside of me where I was lacking to be a good father or a good husband. There were things inside of me where, yeah, I'm a good, I can preach the word of God, I can operate in the realm of the spirit, but I like character for a good father and a good husband. So God had to address that side of me. And, and, and I was ready and open for it. So there are so many things that the Holy Spirit wants to do in the believers today. And we have to be ready. To be honest, like I don't like to preach about this corona thing or this COVID or whatever it is. I'm more interested in this place. Because when, when God has worked in this area of your life, you lack nothing anymore. Amen? You lack nothing anymore. You're not attached to the world. And everything that is in this world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, the pride of life, comes not from the Father, from the world. And the world is passing away. Yeah. So for me, um, I, find, I found this to be the biggest uh, breakthrough in my journey with the Lord. It took me from, from this realm to the highest realm in God's glory. Because I killed the things. I killed the things that have, have dominated me and dictated me all my life. What are they? Fear, doubt, confusion, insecurity, low self-esteem, fear of the future, lack, a need, a want. See, this is where I really believe the Holy Spirit is most interested. You know, when you deal with this area of your life, I'm telling you, you reach a dimension in the spiritual realm where God can begin to use you. But I really believe that so many people will not enter this realm because God wants you to preach out of freedom. He doesn't want you to preach from the word that you don't walk in. He wants you to preach out of freedom. See, when I speak to you regarding the word of God, I want to preach it out of a place of freedom, not out of a place where I need to reach. I want to preach it out of a place of freedom. God doesn't want you to preach the gospel because he says something. He wants you to preach the gospel because it's delivered you, because it's restored you, because it's healed you. This is the most important thing or you're deceiving yourself. See, when I understood the, the majority of the things that I read, I'm not walking in it. I haven't seen the fruits or the manifestation of his word through the spirit operating in my life. I started to see that there is an issue inside. I started to see that I've missed the mark some way or another. So when I preach the word of God, I preach out of, a place of being delivered, a place of being restored, a place of being healed. And to be honest, how many people here, they preach out of what God says, not what it's actually done for you. So for those majority of the years, I decided to remain silent until God does that work in my heart. 
So when I sit in fellowship with people, um, as as you are going to tomorrow, um, you're going to begin to see um, the Holy Spirit's interested in my heart. The Holy Spirit's interested of what's actually surfacing out of my heart. And, and, the, and the last thing I want anyone to do is to operate in a place of deception where, where the word is not effective to actually expose those things that are inside. So I glory in the process. God glories in the process. God never glories once you have received the gifts. Most of the gifts are given without repentance uh, uh, regarding the spiritual ones. And I say this to you today, um, working in the area of your heart is the only way. That's God. The first encounter you have is to read your heart. The first encounter you have with the word is to penetrate your heart. Hebrews 4.12 judges the motives and the discerner of your thoughts. First encounter God does. I find when pride's operating, I'm going to read the word because God's going to use me. That's part of the journey. But first, let him restore you. Let him cleanse you. Let him heal you. Let him deal with the deep-rooted things that have tormented you and become like garbage that's attached to you that you live with. Let him work inside of you. So when I understood how sensitive the Holy Spirit was in this area, I took a step back from everything. And I said, uh, uh, Lord, I want, I want your word to be true to me. And I want to know you in this way. Blessed are those who appear in heart. They shall see God. When? When? When you die? No, now. God wants to see you now through the eyes of his heart, which is purity. And that's the truth. And this is no, um, <laughs> this is just simple things. And I think that we need to establish this in the body today. I've never been interested in my opinion. And by God's grace, I do not wish to have an opinion. I want it to be God. Because you know when God speaks something into my spirit, he gives me the faith to walk in it. You know that? You know when God speaks something inside of your spirit or speaks to you audibly or gives you a download of his word, he gives you the grace to operate in it. There is nothing better than preaching something that God gives you the grace and power to walk and live. And that is the truth. I can sit here and preach all the scriptures. If I'm not resting in his spirit, if I haven't defeated the flesh, crucified the flesh, crucified the areas of where pride and ego and the flesh operate, I've stayed the same. This is the main goal where I see the Holy Spirit operate, and it's through all the scriptures. You can get your thoughts right, you can you can feed on the word, but me, 
I'm interested in the heart. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so, so many people can do a good job of hiding what's inside, not when the Holy Spirit's present. I think people run away from me when I sit next to them. I'm only joking. You know why? Because the Holy Spirit trained me in this way. The same way that I speak to you as he spoke to me. In a way to address what's inside. You know, the flesh, the flesh, when it starts to speak, you can smell it from a mile away. So who got blessed from the message of the harlot? How many people, how many people um, looked at the harlot to be something else? I just want to give you a little preview of what's to come next week. I told you that I'm going to explain to you the characteristics of the harlot. There's over 10 of them. Now the Holy Spirit took me to this teaching. And it is relevant for us because just like Jesus is described as, <clears throat> as, as for example, that we are his bride, the harlot uh, takes, takes the same course but through a prostitute. As in Satan, the greatest motive is to hire us and, and, and destroy us and kill us. Does that make sense? You see the harlot, he, he, he just wants to use us. You get me? Satan's greatest desire is, is for him to use us as to defile the temple of God, which is the believers. And, and, and it's going to get intense for many believers because you've probably been the hired hand um, where the spirit of harlot's been operating in you. And I said it from last week that in times through different characteristics, we've all, I speak on myself, I've operated in my journey in Christ one way or another in the way that the Hala operates. And I thank God that he's brought to our awareness of how she actually operates. It's a, it's a character. It's a demonic spirit. And so many people say to me, I'm getting attacked. Yeah. He has a spirit. He has many spirits in the word of God that are very established. And when you address not the character or the fruit of the spirit, when you address that spirit, him and his characters leave. But it's something that you turn away from. Okay. So we'll quickly go to Proverbs chapter 6. I want to explain to you how the Holy Spirit teaches me. Just so when I sit down, I want to show you how he actually walks me through it. So Proverbs chapter 7, verse 6. I'd like to start with that scripture. And for anyone who needs to go to work or shopping, or you can just leave now. <laughs> no, no one can go anywhere. You're stuck with me. To be honest, I can preach four or five hours. <laughs> uh, 
Proverbs chapter 7, verse 6. Proverbs chapter 7, verse 6. It says, For at the window of my house, I look through my lattice. Now here, it's interesting, because he's given us a spiritual picture. When he talks about the window, it's symbolic of the eyes of your spirit, or the eye, the place where you encounter um, that attack of what, what your eyes uh, focus on. Then it says, for at the window of my house, meaning your temple or meaning your heart, for example, your heart, I looked through my lattice and saw among the simple, I perceived among the youths. This is from the amplified version, sorry. So this is from the Amplified Version. I have been quoting from it last week and this week. It's pretty. It's very accurate with, with extra description of the verse. So I'll read it out again. For at the window of my house, I looked through my lattice and saw among the simple, I perceived among the youths a young man to f- devoid of understanding. So the word devoid means to fail. That's what the word means. A young man devoid of understanding. Now, this is, Christ, this is crucial because he's not speaking here about a spiritual, a spiritual mature believer. He's speaking about a believer that's just beginning to walk, just beginning to learn his ways. So remember, I spoke to you, uh, uh, babes, little children, children, young men. So this, this falls under the place of a child. So it says, a young man, devoid of understanding, passing along the streets near her corner, and he took the path of her house in the twilight, in the evening, in the black and dark night. There a, mo- a woman met him with the attire of a harlot and a crafty heart. Now, you may think in the coming weeks when I present what it means, you may think this is not for you or this cannot relate to you. You'll be shocked when you hear the the sessions about her characteristics. I got shocked because the Holy Spirit is revealing deep, deep things of Satan's motives in man's heart or their minds. Okay. Now, this is a blessing because God is offering us a way out, also giving us an understanding of how we need to protect ourselves. So there a woman met him with the attire of a harlot and a crafty heart. The word twilight, now listen now. Now, this is where it gets interesting. The word twilight in the Hebrew, um, Hebrew 5.3, Nine nine for the people who want to for the people who want to see that. So for the people who want to see that, the word twilight in the Hebrew is nashef. That's what it, that's what it's um, defined as in the Hebrew nashef, and it's he it's Hebrews five three nine nine. It defines as a dark wind. Okay? 
Now, this is interesting because there's two cross-references to the word twilight from the New Testament. And I'd like to read them out to you. That word twilight gives us two cross-references from that word itself. Let's go to Romans chapter 13, verse 12 to 14. So if someone can write it on the chat, that would be good. Okay. <clears throat> so Romans 13, verse 12 to 14, and we are reading it in the New King James Version. It says, the night is far spent, the day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness. Let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the day, not in rivalry and drunkenness, not in lewd and lust, not in strife and envy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. Amen. So this is what it means for the word twilight. This, this is symbolic that how the harlot walked and operated. Are we all, are you all with me? Computer. So the night is far spent. So when the harlot came in, in that time of the evening, if the evening and the black and dark night, um, it's symbolic of the works of the flesh. So it says, let us put on the armor of light. So remember, this is preaching about a soldier of Christ. Are you with me? We are preaching how to operate as a soldier of Christ. So unfortunately, if you're operating in the realm of the flesh, where your fruits are of, of the night, of the darkest night, your armor, unfortunately, is not holding you in the right way that the Holy Spirit can. Because you have free will to do and choose what you want. You have free will to meditate and entertain things in your heart, things in your mind, how you want. So I really believe that premeditating, premeditated sin or iniquity of the heart is, is probably the highest of them all. Because you meditate on iniquity or it comes out of your heart as iniquity and you meditate on it and then you begin to entertain it. And you know what's, you know what's dangerous that I say to every believer here? It says in the other scriptures that I'm going to quote later, it says they grow, they, they grow from from how can i say it it's like they go from evil to worse evil to worse as in it contaminates your spirit and whatever is good that is inside your spirit begins to as well uh, turn to evil so let's say for example someone is gossiping or someone is entertaining strife in their heart, or envy. Probably envy is the biggest one. I see envy work in the body more than anything. 
especially when you receive when when someone else receives something that you don't receive or especially when someone's operating in a way that you're not operating in in the way of the spirit i find envy um, to be the center of why people strive in their heart and it's true so i'm just trying to get rid of this picture on my computer Okay, there it's gone. <clears throat> so look what it says here. It shows you the works of the flesh. Let us put on the armor of light to what? To protect you from rivalry, drunkenness, lewd, lust. Lust can be many things, not only the sexual thing. It tells you the lust of the world, the lust of the eye, the pride of life. They're the three main ones that are based in this world. So it covers pretty much everything. Not in strife and envy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. So that's the scripture of how the harlot operates. She operates in the realm of the flesh. How can she, how can she begin to get dismantled if someone is walking in the way that she is walking, which is really a, a spiritual thing, is in is in when you begin to pray in the spirit, you begin to read the word of God and attack that sinful nature in whichever way it is, whether it's envy, whether it's lust, whether it's anger, whether it's hatred, whether it's bitterness, you attack it through the word of God. So when I started to identify things in my heart, that are, that kept on surfacing you have to discern because there are some things that the enemy tries to attack you with there are some things that are coming out of your spirit you have to discern and you know if there is something that's continuously come where you have a you have a bitter issue with a believer and you've from years to years to years you've had issues in family members you've had issue with friends You've had issue with the body of Christ and bitterness was the issue. You know, that's not an attack of the enemy. That's your heart. Does that make sense? So if you, if, if, if you can see that there was jealousy and jealousy caused your relationship with a lot of people to be in jeopardy where you're continuously jumping from friend to friend to friend or from member of the body of Christ to other people and, and so-called. Jealousy is the issue. It's not the devil attacking you. You begin to see how you can actually understand, okay, what is happening in my heart? Why am I feeling uh, this certain uh, feeling towards someone? So when I started to identify it, identifying it was greater than the breakthrough. Because I wasn't feeding it anymore. I'm not feeding that thing anymore. I'm not fueling the devil. Where he's putting petrol in me every day. To allow me to continue to feed on these things. I'm not, I'm not feeding him anymore. I'm not fueling him. And if I'm not fueling him anymore. He cannot drive me. He cannot dominate me. He cannot dictate me. He cannot control me. Does that make sense? I don't like to shy away from this. Because... This needs to be spoken about. 
Now, this is speaking about putting on the armor of light. He's talking to you about being a spiritual soldier. And how do you operate as a soldier and you're operating in these things? You have to expose them. So what does the word of God do? It exposes them. The word of God is a double-edged sword, penetrates your mind, your soul and spirit, judges your thoughts, motives of the heart, and even to the marrow. So the word of God does expose it. So let's go to the next scripture regarding the harlot. Now, this is regarding how she operates, meaning she operates in the realm of the flesh, in the realm of lust. And like I said, it's not, it's not sexual. It's pretty much everything. So I'm not going to explain what it is today, but I'm going to just give you a, an introduction of who she is. Because the Christian world today is dead. And I, and I say this openly. We lack so much spiritual discernment. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 11. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 11. It says, Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of these things which are done by them in secret. So how does the spirit of Harlot work? She works in the secret place of your heart. Can you see now? That's where she first manifests herself. In the secret place of your heart. Now, this is the word regarding the twilight. This is how the where the harlot walks. Where does she walk? Secret place of your heart. So Ephesians chapter 5, verse 11. Um, um, hello, can anyone see anything? Ephesians speaks about putting on the armor of God, and the whole chapter speaks about warfare. Can you see now? Of Paul giving us an indication of how do you actually put the armor of God on? So many people want to walk spiritually and they've got so many holes in their armor that the enemy, just like, you know how they do those um, shows, how they got strings and they start to make the legs jump and the head and the arm jump. The enemy, he just does this. He, he, he pulls another string he, and then he pulls another string. If it's not, if it's not lust, He'll get you with anger. If it's not anger, he'll get you with bitterness. If it's not bitterness, he'll get you with envy. I really believe the Christian, they go from battle to battle to battle to battle. And I really believe that the enemy works in, in, in such a way in the area of the flesh where we have to be so firm in the beginning. It's true. If he doesn't attack you in the realm of your of the of the pride and the envy and the bitterness, he will attack you through the realm of the lack or the need and the want. So I, I understood one thing, where the Holy Spirit is touching in your heart or touching in your mind or touching through your journey. Have a, have a, have a heart of diligence to bring that out before the enemy holds you captive. Pride tells, you, pride tells you that, you know, the issue is because of my situation. 
or the challenge is because of my circumstance. That's how pride dresses itself. And that's part of the harlot as well. So I learned something, how, how sensitive the Holy Spirit is to have a heart of diligence to, to expose them. And, and, and look what it says here. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of these things which are done by them in secret. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light. So look what happens when the light comes in. They exposed. So let's say you had a little issue with bitterness. It starts to uh, get exposed so much. And your wife starts to see it. Your children start to see it. And everyone around you starts to see it. You know what, that, you know what that's showing you? That the light has entered now. It can't work in secret anymore. So when I sat down with my wife, I said, Rina, uh, what can you see inside of me? You know, the, the, the one closest to me who watches me and, and analyzes me and lives with me, I asked for her advice. And it was interesting. <laughs> I started to see, she started to see flaws in me and, and I started to see flaws in her. And we sharpen and strengthen each other. But you know, you know what was a blessing? She didn't use them against me when there was trouble or when there was things that wasn't working in us in our house. She didn't use it against me. Satan uses your sin against you. Satan uses those things against you to have ammunition to make yourself higher than someone, for example. My wife gave me... Um, uh, righteous judgment or righteous discernment without using that against me in the future. And she, she started to explain to me, these are the things that I have seen you operating. And that, that was something good for me. And in the beginning, they've done such a great work in my marriage. I'm happy to open my hearts to you. There's nothing to be ashamed of. But I say this for you so you can understand. Start working with your family. Start working with your children. There were so many things in my heart in the beginning that I had to confess to her that I was guilty of. Truly. And you know what that done? It gave no room for the enemy to work. I'm telling you. So... So it says, but all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light, for whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore, he says, awake you who sleep. Sleep? He's talking to you about sleeping in the indulgence of the flesh, sleeping in the area where darkness is. Wake up from that area, meaning that he's going to expose it to you. Now bring it to God. He's going to expose it. It's God exposing it. Satan will never want to be exposed. It's the light of the precious Holy Spirit in you that's exposing it. Now, look what he says here. Now, when you awake, you who sleep, arise from the dead and Christ will give you light. You know what that means? That it's exposed something where the spirit cannot work in. When you walk in the flesh, the spirit is asleep. Are we understanding? 
So the Holy Spirit's bringing it to the light. Don't be ashamed. What's my husband going to think of me? Or what's my leader going to think of me? We're here together. We've all been through this. It's okay to speak the truth. Don't be afraid. You know how many people got set free when I told them I went through the same things that they're going through early in my journey? The enemy loves to work in secret, especially holding you captive by your sin or holding you captive in the flesh or holding you captive in the natural man. You know what he says to you? People look at you differently if they know what you're really doing. Your pride tells you, I'm going to hide it in my heart. Why? Because I don't, I don't want Rabs to know what I'm doing. I don't want him to know. Because he may look at me like I'm a hypocrite. Or he may look at me like I'm not a true person of God. It's okay. Speak about it. If the Holy Spirit's interested in the deep secrets of your heart, I think we should be there. But also, it says when you rescue someone, you be careful that you don't fall into that place as well. Don't pass judgment. Don't look at anyone differently. Because the same measure you use will be measured back to you. If you're gonna, if God put it this way, if God's gonna expose someone's sin to you, believe me, He does everything in secret. He will never do this with someone exposing them or ridiculing them because of their cracks in their walk. So I don't want to spend too much time on that. But in the twilight, in the evening. In the black and dark night, there a woman met him. So she's there in the area of the lust or the area of the fruitless deeds of darkness. There you will find her, first of all, manifesting herself in the spiritual, then it takes place in the physical. So let's say, let's say a man here, uh, God forbid, is watching porn. Let's say someone here online is watching porn or someone continues to be enticed in this place. Uh, yeah. And let's say she manifests spiritually first, where in your heart you, you premeditated a naked woman or you premeditated uh, a lack from the, the past before you became born from above. And it manifests spiritually first, then it takes place physical. So let's say, let's say you meditate in your mind that this person doesn't love me, that someone in the body doesn't care for me or doesn't love me. So you premeditate in your mind that this person doesn't love me. But anger, but anger surfaces in your spirit. It happens in the spiritual realm first according to your heart. So if the enemy can grab something in your heart that is in the twilight of darkness, it means that there is something inside your heart that's attracting the enemy to come. For example, fear. I, in the beginning of my journey, I had a fear of the devil. And I, I thought to myself that every time I get closer to God, the enemy is going to attack me. Or every time I do something for God, the enemy is going to be there. That was, a, that was a lie that the enemy built in my heart according to my fear that kept him in my circle. And the Holy Spirit told me that you have a fear of the devil. 
And if there was anything that I wanted to do in the Lord, it's everything but cast out demons. I said, Lord, I'll heal in your name. Lord, I'll do whatever you want. Lord, no, no, I don't, I don't want to touch that area. You know why? Because I had a fear. What did God do? He used my weakness for his glory. Now, in humility and, and, and God's power, we trample on them. So he used my weakness for his good. Whatever the enemy used against you, God used it for the good. It's true. But I got to understand, okay, these are the things that are surfacing in me. So that's what kept warfare for a long period of time in my life. Why? Because I had a, I had a, a mindset that was depraved. The enemy kept attacking me in this area. I can assure you now there are people here that have a fear of the devil. And this comes where? It comes from the channel of unbelief. The enemy only attacks from the place of unbelief. So when faith is built, when faith is built in the way that God's word tells you, guess what happens? Guess what happens? The enemy can't work through the channel of unbelief anymore. Because fear comes because of unbelief. Hebrews talks about it in the whole book. So most of people's attacks come from the doorway of unbelief. That's the carnal or the fleshly nature. What did the man say? I believe, but help me with my unbelief. He had a form of belief, but he wanted, he wanted that breakthrough to take away the rest of his unbelief. That was blocking God from healing his son. He told the truth to the Lord. So you begin to see the harlot. When you see the characteristics of how she operates, well, but I thank the Holy Spirit because he's given us such a deep teaching. So the two scriptures of the twilight and let us put the armor of light on. It makes sense, yeah? The scriptures. It makes sense that you're a soldier now in the spiritual realm. And if, you, if, you, if you're not in the right battle, as in if you're not fighting it in the right way, then you'll continuously go in circles where you're enslaved to sin, where you continuously get tossed and back forth from sin, where you continuously go and come back forth, go and come back forth from sin and its desires. So the Holy Spirit goes to the root. Okay. Now, now this is the next blessing. And I might stop here. I might stop here. See how we go. So let's go to Proverbs chapter 7, verse 10. So I'm going back a few scriptures. I quoted Proverbs chapter 7, verse 6, all the way to in the twilight, in the evening, in the black and dark night. Now I'm quote, quoting um, I'm quoting, oh, sorry, I'm quoting now, moving forward, quoting Proverbs chapter 7, verse 10. It says here, And there a woman met him with the attire of a harlot and crafty heart. The word attire in the Hebrew is sheath. Is sheath. That's the word in the Hebrew. The strongest concordance for that is 7897 from the Old Testament. 
chapter because we're reading from the Old Testament. Now, this is interesting. This will bless your heart because this shows you how to expel her from your life. Amen. If I've understood one thing, the Holy Spirit, he always exposes a character of the demon or a character of the flesh, but he also allows us through the word of God to expel her by the Holy Spirit. And to be honest, you can do this right away. You have that faith to begin to fight that battle right now. You have that victory to stand firm. You don't need to wait any longer. The victory begins now. What did Moses say when God replied to him? I am that I am, meaning he's the God of the present. Now is the time of faith. It's, it's not I'm going to change later or I'm going to change. I should have changed before. It's now. You have this authority. The same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead, it's living inside of you. You have this authority. Every believer, you have this authority. You need to know your authority. And we all begin with the authority of the word. <clears throat> Anyways, let me keep going. The word attire in the Hebrew, now this is interesting, it's sheath. You know what it means in the Hebrew? It means address. The next one means something to put on, put on. So <clears throat> Galatians chapter 3 verse 26 tells you, For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you were baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. That's, that's the glory of the Lord Jesus or what he done at the cross. The moment that you receive Jesus Christ as your savior, the Bible says you've been transferred from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his son that he loves. By faith, we have this authority. So our authority as a believer, we all begin in this place. Sanctification is a process, but our authority is when we have been baptized into Christ, we have put on Christ. In the spiritual realm, it's instantly. Don't think, don't think for a moment you have to wait to be delivered. It begins now with the faith that God's putting in your mouth. St. Paul says, I believe, then I spoke. So the quicker you take this into your control, the quicker the spirit will begin to uphold you. Okay. <clears throat> now, it's interesting here. The same way that Satan wants to clothe you with the spirit of Hala is the same way God wants to clothe you. Now, look what he says here of how you clothe yourself. How would you clothe yourself? What are you meant to actually put on? Now, let's have a look. This is a blessing. <clears throat> let's go to Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4 to 9, for all the people that are listening. Then I'll take you to the New Testament. Just to show you from the old to the new, it confirms. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4 to 9. It says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. 
all these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. Now, what did the harlot have? The harlot had a crafty heart. She takes the place of God inside the believer's heart. Let me keep going. You shall teach them. Now, listen what he says here. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your head, and you shall be as frontless between your eyes. Meaning, he's telling you now, you have to wear the word of God. You have to, you have to wear it. Now, look what it says here. You shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. What is he speaking about? He's speaking about your heart. God is spirit. We worship God by the spirit and the truth. We have to now, the, John 6, 63, the flesh profits nothing. The words I speak to you are the spirit and are the life. So how do you wake up the Holy Spirit from the sleep? You begin to speak God's word according to your situation and what's happening inside your own heart. That's how you wake up the Holy Spirit. So when you get saved, you don't start reading the book of Revelation to warn people of Jesus' second coming. You start to read the word of God of what's actually happening in your heart. Pride, ego, confusion, fear, lack of faith, unbelief, lust, sin, strongholds. You begin to work in this area. So the Holy Spirit just doesn't come to save you without establishing a foundation of his word in your heart. He's saying here, write them on the doorpost of your heart, of your house, and on your gates. Okay. Now let's go. Look what he's saying here. You've got to address yourself with the word of God. So why does Jesus, why do people perish? Hosea 4, 6. My people perish because their lack of knowledge. They don't have enough knowledge to fight the devil off their life. You see why knowledge was used? Knowledge was used to have God's word in your heart, to keep yourself away from the devil. Knowledge wasn't used to preach. Knowledge was used to live. So look what it says here. Revelations chapter 19, verse 13. Revelations chapter 19, verse 13. It says he was clothed with a robe. Now see what it says here, a robe. What, does, what was the harlot dressed? She was dressed. She wants, to dress, she wants to dress you in the fallen nature. She wants to dress you in the carnal man or the carnal woman. She wants to dress you in the way of the world. Not only spiritually, she wants to entangle you physically as well. But it first happens spiritually. You know, when Satan came to Jesus in the wilderness, bow down to me. I'll give you everything that is mine. Satan said the same thing to Jesus. He showed him the kingdoms of the world. So many people, they enter into Satan's kingdom because that's something they want. That's something that they need. The treasures of this world. How do you know it's from God or it's from the devil? Interesting question, eh? You'll shock all the people that um, that are after those treasures. Anyways, that's for another day. 
Revelations chapter 19, verse 13. He was clothed with a robe dipped in the blood, and his name is called the Word of God. So you see how much the blood is so precious to us? His word, his, his word was made manifest or victorious because it was dipped in the blood. That's how important God's word is, that he had to dip his robe in the blood to allow us to understand that the only way we can claim the same victory as Christ is if we hold his word. What did John 14 say? If you hear my word and you receive it, me and the Father will come and dine inside of you. He's interested in his word. How do you begin to uh, begin to expose the spirit of the harlot? Or how do you begin to expose her characteristics by the word of God? The word of God is the spirit and, in, and is the truth. So here it's showing us here that we are to be clothed with his word regarding our hearts. So I'll read you the next scripture here. Let's go to Proverbs chapter 7, verse 7. Yeah, Proverbs chapter 7, verse 7. Now, this is where I'm going back. So I preach from Proverbs chapter 7, verse 6, all the way to um, 10. Now I'm going back one verse back. Uh, Proverbs chapter 7. Uh, verse 7. So, sorry, I'm staying in the same way here. So, and yeah, that's right. And I saw among the simple, I perceived among the youths, a young man devoid of understanding. So, here, it's showing us the level of a spiritual believer. Showing us that a level of a spiritual believer was enticed by the spirit of harlot because he had a lack of knowledge of the word of God. He, he, the spirit was able to enter this area because he didn't get enough of the word of God to actually expose her or to actually allow her, allow that, that spiritual and characteristic of the enemy to be exposed. So here it's speaking about the level of a believer and what is needed to combat and overcome the spirit of the harlot. And as to youths in the spiritual walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. So how, how is sin exposed inside of you? I just want to, I'll close up with this scripture and that's it. I, I won't be speaking anymore. But how can sin be exposed in you? Okay. Let's go to Psalms 119 verse 9. And this links up exactly with, with a young man, meaning a, a person who's just beginning to know. Psalms 119 verse 9, it says, How can a young man cleanse his ways? By taking heed according to your word. So you begin to see now 
the way that you begin the sanctification process or the cleansing process to destroy the works of the flesh, the works of darkness, and the ways of the enemy is to get knowledge about what God is interested in your heart or, or to walk in his light or to walk in his truth. What does it mean for a believer today to walk inside of his truth? So when people study the word of God, are you studying the word of God to walk truthfully before God? Are you studying the word of God to present yourself to God as a worker that is not ashamed? See, you've got to begin to understand and see, are you reading the word of God to cleanse your heart or to cleanse your spirit? You know, you have a spirit throughout all the scriptures. It says, you know, cleanse my heart and my spirit. And we have a, we have a spiritual man where we are spiritual beings either dominated from the enemy or dominated from the spirit. You start to see. So when you meditate daily on the word of God regarding your situation or where you are, focus in the area where you are. But when you start to see these characteristics getting exposed, the word of God is the first encounter of, of beginning to establish, establish yourself and to cleanse your ways. See, when I knew the word of God, I said, Lord Jesus, I repent from these things that I was operating in. And I declare that the old has passed away, the new has come. I declare today that I'm washed by your blood. I declare today that greater is in me, greater is him who is in me than the one who is in the world. And I declare the scriptures of sanctification or declare the scriptures of who I am in Christ. The old has passed away, the new has come. I repented from that. I turned away from it. And you know what happened? From day to day doing this, everything that the enemy was dictating and allowing himself to come in and out out of my spirit, he began to lose his battle. He began to lose his battle. I felt that I'm now having authority to be dominated in the spiritual realm. But what was the first encounter or what did God need to establish in me first? The word of God to expose my heart. So you have to see your flaws of where you're struggling. You have to see the flaws of the things that you're going through. And you have to bring them to the light. You know what it says here? Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Expose them. Bring them to the light. In the name of Jesus Christ, I repent from all these characteristics of the harlot, if they do belong to her, after I do teach them. And Father, in Jesus' name, I repent from them. I choose not to allow them to dictate me or dominate me anymore. Today, I take responsibility that I have walked in them, but I choose to repent today. And you know what happens? Day by day, you speak truthfully to the Lord. He takes them away. He gives you the victory. And it's true. Your spirit will come on level ground where you're resting, where you're at peace. You're no longer getting tossed back and forth emotionally, mentally, and carnally. This is what it means to enjoy your journey in the Lord Jesus. Amen? This is what it means to enjoy your journey.
The worst thing is getting dominated and dictated by the flesh. I was there many years ago. It's not a good journey in this area. So I encourage you to expose those fruits. How can you expose the fruits if you don't even know how she operates? Think about that. The level of the, the, the level that I'm walking in the Holy Spirit, he's bringing his teachings to me. Imagine people who are just blindly, Lord, I repent, forgive me. They're not even understanding what's happening inside their spirit. This is the teaching that God's given us now. And it says, put on the armor of light. But you can see now, are you waging war the right way? Is your armor on the right way? Are you actually waging war the right way in the way that God tells you? Think about it. Are you standing right in the areas of your life that need to be stand as a warrior or as a soldier? Because when it does come, you have the authority to prevent it. You have that authority. You have the authority. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. You have the authority over your own vessel. Give no room. Give no room to the enemy. Give him no place for you to feel defeated or discouraged. Or for you to feel that you cannot overcome him. That is a lie. From me going through warfare for, for months and years, my, my conscience was stained that he always had a place in my journey. You know that? I'm talking to people here from going through all types of warfare, whether it's sin, whether it's spiritual attacks, whether it's fleshly things. The enemy stained my conscience to make me believe that he's always going to be in the midst. But when I focus on the King, Jesus Christ, and I focused and I ate his word and I repented from all those fears and anything that the Holy Spirit was showing me, you know what happened? He had to leave. He had to leave. So I encourage you in this place that to, it tells you here, expose the unfruitful works of darkness. And that's what I'm going to do now. I'm going to expose her characteristics. And every week that you hear the characteristics being exposed, if it's you, bring it to God, speak truthfully to him. If it's not you, be careful of the future. Okay, God bless you all. And for all the people that have been watching on Zoom and Facebook, bless you all. Um, as you know, tomorrow I'll be spending some time with the people who have reached out. And we'll, I'll be available from 9.30, me and Pastor Tony, all the way to 1 or 2 o'clock. So that's for the people who are walking with us. Okay, so God bless you. And let's pray together. For any person that is on Facebook, that is suffering mentally, suffering emotionally, and need God to answer them. The Bible says, whenever two or more agree on something on earth, it shall be done in heaven. Now, if you feel like you're getting attacked by the spirit of fear, if you feel like you're confused, and you feel discouraged, and you feel broken, and you feel like, I cannot stand anymore, and I have unbelief working in my life, the, ev the evil one is attacking me, and you feel like there is no way out, put your hand on the screen 
and believe with your heart that Jesus Christ can heal you and touch you where you are. Jesus can heal you and restore you in right now he can because he is willing and he does love you and he does care for you. So for all the people that are on Zoom feeling this in any way, people that are on Facebook or YouTube listening and you want prayer, forget about me. The Bible says where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. We have power in Jesus' name to declare freedom over you. So whatever people are suffering mentally, I feel led in this way, mentally and emotionally, and they feel crushed and broken in this place. The Bible says that God is near the people who are crushed in the spirit. He's near. Especially in that time where you're so crushed and broken, he's extra sensitive with you. So let's pray together as a body. Let's pray for our brothers and sisters. The Bible says in Galatians, carry each other's burdens. In that way, you fulfill the law of Christ. I pray for every person here that your faith doesn't fail you. And I pray from today that God gives you through the spirit of grace, power to grow and a power to overcome. Let's pray. Father, we worship you. We give you all the glory, Father, through your son, Jesus Christ. We worship you, Lord. We worship you in the spirit and the truth. Holy Spirit, I thank you for the same spirit that rose Jesus from that is living inside of us. Holy Spirit, I acknowledge you and I welcome you that you are present with us. Father, in Jesus' name, all the people that is watching, you are the precious Holy Spirit. And in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we declare freedom over every person mentally, physically, and spiritually. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command every person to be satisfied on you. I pray for the joy of the Lord to be their strength. I pray that hope never puts them to shame because the love of God's been poured into their heart. I speak this spiritually over every heart. I command it in Jesus' name to be restored. Every person that is lonely, every person that is broken, every person that is confused, every person that is fearful, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command them to be healed, whole, mentally, physically, and spiritually. In Jesus' name, receive. In Jesus' name, receive. Every form of oppression, every form of bondage, every instrument, agent, they say they will decree over them. In the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to leave Satan. You have no authority over them, for they have been bought at a price by the blood of the Lamb. And I bind you in every secret place of the hearts that you're working. And I command you to leave now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, I see chains broken, breaking over your mind, breaking over your thoughts. I see chains. I see heavy yokes being broken and the yoke you been forming back to Christ. We thank you, Jesus. We love you so much, Lord. Everything we have is because of you. We worship you today, Lord Jesus. And we thank you, Jesus, that you said no one can come to me unless the Father draws them to me. I pray for the Father's love to enter their hearts that they may taste and see that the Lord is good. 
We love you, Jesus. And I pray for every person here that's listening. I pray for your love, Father, to overflow the cup where it turns into a fountain of your salvation through your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Bless you all. We have the victory. Every day, not in fear, live your life like it's the last. Not in fear, but using your time so valuable for God. And you know, so many people tell me, you know, what should I do? All day, the Lord can use your time to have a joyful time with him. Amen. So God bless you. Um, Chris, are we off Facebook?